What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You know, today we got a you know good you know podcast for you today. Um, I saw an article in the Daily Mail, and they had a flight attendant just giving the game on um, what go on in the airline industry. So I wanted to reach out um, to you know someone that follows our page that's actually in this industry, but there's a black woman because you know black women, black people, going to have a whole different perspective than what. Um, the white flight attendant may say. So we have Stephanie here today um, and she's going to, you know, talk to us a little bit about that industry, some things that we did know, we didn't know uh, for sure with the racism part. Cause we got a lot of questions with that. So Stephanie, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hi guys. Hi Phil. Not, nice to be here. A little nervous. So excuse me. <laughs> oh, you good. So, so Stephanie, how, how long you been in the um, airline industry? Uh, it will be four years in October. Four years in October. Yes. Okay. So what made you want to go work, you know, in the, uh, as a flight attendant? Actually, a friend of mine is, um, a flight attendant and she's been a flight attendant for another company for six years. And she was my inspiration for wanting to become a flight attendant. Okay. So you you got into, you you applied and, and you got hired. What's some, some things that people don't know about that process? Um, I would say as pros and cons or just the basic cutthroat raw, what happens? Okay. So when you mean, when you say cutthroat and raw, what what does that mean? I mean, all the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly, or just kind of like a general generalization of what goes on because, um, it seems glamorous and all, and there are some glamorous aspects of it, but I would have to say the training is the most difficult part of it, not just because of what you're learning, but what goes on behind the scenes during training. Okay. Well, that's the part we want to know okay. behind the scenes. Well, okay. what's going on that, that, that most people don't know behind the scenes? Oh, wow. Um, well, just ask me directly and I can tell you because there's so much and my mind is in so many different places. So I'm not really structured. So I think if you kind of lay it out, then I can just go in. Okay. So when you're doing your training and you made, uh, you made the, the comment that things are going on behind the scenes, what's going on behind the scenes that made you say, okay, like, what is this? What, what, what sticks out to you? Okay. I would have to say the mean girl aspect of it. Um, definitely. Number one. And number two, the preferential treatment that some are given. I'm not sure how candid you want me to be, but those are the two things that sticks out. Well, you know our show. We want to be very candid, very raw. If you're pissed off, cuss, cuss people out, whatever, let us know. This is a podcast. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, be very candid. Mean girls. I know what that means, but what, what does that mean and who are the mean girls? Okay. Uh, the mean girls are the white girls. Um, very condescending, rude, entitled little beings. And I would have to say the instructors, racist as can be. Um, you're giving two opportunities during training. Um, you have to pass all of your training and all of your tests within 85% or above. During my training, all of the flight attendants failed, but were just passed right through um, blatantly, even with objection from the other black 
uh, um, flight attendants or before we, the students, basically, um, we were made aware that they had the answers to the test and they would just openly cheat, um, took it to the, I'll say the, the upper management and we were just dismissed. And you, I just, uh, Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm just so upset just reliving that again. This this was back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was trying to, I couldn't figure out as much as we studied in our study group all night, these people would just, some of them would come up with 100% all the time and others would just would flat out fail. And I couldn't understand how did they graduate with us knowing what we knew. And we had an insider by the name of Justin he was white. He's a white guy. And he shared with us what we already knew. Yeah, you know, I um, shared it on Facebook. I still have the, actually the email that he sent to me about the cheating that was going on and the passing of the other uh, students who were white. And they really didn't give a damn what we had to say. Didn't care. Well, so, so, so let's, let me get this straight. So the, the white girls were basically given the answers to cheat. And the black women, they actually had to try to get it on their own merits. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Okay. So basically, and see, this is what I don't like about certain conversations about like when black people talk about white folks and what they have and, 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 or even be more like them. Because if you know their history, their whole history has been cheating, lying, and stealing. Basically what the devil is, right? Exactly. The devil. So, so, so the, the black women knew what was going on. They, they tried it at the best of their merits or whatever. White girls breeze on right through even a white guy. that was, that was cool to let y'all know, Hey man, this was going on. And I, and I guarantee you when they, if they find out that white guy did that, what he was, he was ostracized, right? He was, he was. Because anytime white people try to do the right thing, it's like they off code. Exactly. With the white society, mm-hmm. and they gonna get crucified, no matter what white person is, white guy, white lady, whatever. I've seen it so many times. So, how did you get through it then? Uh, <laughs> barely. I actually, like I said, I was the one of the persons who brought it to the administrator administrator's attention, and we actually got into a heated confrontation. Um, after that. I was targeted as usual, every little thing I said. And we have a certain code of conduct, even when you're not on um, the premises, even in the aspect of becoming a flight attendant, you know, they, they're watching you every step of the way. So on our downtime, uh, there was little, I would say, instances where they tried to like set me up. Um, a couple of little girls in there. Oh, forgot to talk about this part. Uh, we get random drug tests as well couple of the white girls were tested positive for cocaine. Nothing happened to them. Wow. Yes. They're still oh, in, wow. passing through and everything. Um, Justin told us about that story too. But yeah, we, we actually were shared a room with these girls. It was four of us to one room. And yeah, they were out partying the whole time. Uh, one of the girls Snapchatted. So the video was there. And yeah, they um, popped up with a drug test the next morning in class as the positive but yet they were still allowed to continue so the privilege is out of and, control and, and, and how does that make you how does that make you feel when 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 you literally watching them cheat 
you're watching them literally get high and all of that. How does that make you and other black women feel like internally? Just furious because we're always depicted as the ones who are the savages, you know, the ones who steal, the violent ones. And here this, you know, this is the real truth right here. And I, I just feel I just became just very irate. And right now, I think it was Dr. Boyce who said that um, sometimes racism can give you like a mental illness. Just mess with your mind. And that's where I'm at right now, because everything that I've seen, just not as being a flight attendant, but in everyday life, when you just see it blatantly like that, it just it it, um, it puts hate in your heart. You know, it just makes you cold. But, yeah, I was just furious because here we are studying trying to, you know, play by the rules, do the right thing. And yet these people are over here just breezing through and it's just not right. It's not fair. It's not right. Um, and it just makes you angry. Yeah. I always said that, you know, the, the way white folks are in society, it's kind of like, you remember in school where they were great on the curve for some test and, you know, you can make a certain score, but they will give you 10 additional points or 15 additional points because it's being graded on the curve for the particular test. Sometimes with a teacher, I don't know if you had that in school. Yes. And that's how they are in society. Everything they do is graded on the curve. And I remember even, you know, Omarosa even told the white girl to her face. I don't know if you've seen that clip. They say, I have to be exceptional and great. You can be mediocre and get everything you want. And I'm like, wow. Yes. You know, she told that white girl to her face. And that's just the reality for us here, you know, in America, do this racist system. This is why I love to see white privilege uh, diminishing because it is diminishing whether they whether they see it or not, because they've been cheating for so long that they can't really compete on an equal playing field. So since, you know, women like yourself know how to compete on an equal playing field, they say it, it's I know COVID did a number to a lot of people, too, probably in that industry. Is that would we say that would be correct? That's that's accurate. Yes. OK. Um, I know a lot of people got furloughed and things like that. And then they bring, uh, is a lot of them being brought back? Are the people that actually work being brought back? How is that working? Yes, they're definitely being brought back. And uh, we're up by, um, I think, TSA scans were at 2.1 million um, last month. So we're about 80% um, where we were uh, back in 2019 uh, pre COVID. Recovered. Yes. Okay, so you mentioned the drug testing, failing the drug test, um, the, but they still, you know, skate by. Now, I, I have to ask a question, like, because uh, the lady in the, in the article talked about uh, putting y'all on a special diet. Is that true? No, we, um, our company has not. I have not heard of that one. Okay. Uh, what about the hair aspect? Because I have never seen a, a black flight attendant have natural hair and i've flown let me see i've definitely flown united southwest i've flown jet blue um trying to think what else i've flown oh well i've flown internationally too but outside of you know i don't like to even put in ethiopian airlines that's there it's a black home but is it like do they not allow black women to have natural hairstyles on, I'm, so, on I'm glad you asked that because i just received an email three days ago um regarding uh, your appearance and there was a photo that they, my company released and braids were not considered um, acceptable or professional. So there's a check mark, a green check mark with a circle around it saying approved hairstyles. 
and then that red X with you know non-approved hairstyles and braids were one of them. So I looked at that and I became infuriated again. I started to share that with you, but I was like, you know, let me just let me just step away for a minute. But yeah, um, that's frowned upon. Um, I do know a flight attendant who had dreads. Um, she was called into the headquarters out in Phoenix. And she was told that she either take the dreads out or she would be disciplined. So that is rampant upon um, the industry. And actually there is an Instagram and Facebook page that's dedicated to our stories of everyday uh, microaggressions and even direct just harassment and racism and just, um, just overall just, it's just, it just makes you tired. Well, what's the name of that Instagram page so we all can follow? Um, gosh, I have to I have to go back to it. It's not Black Flight Attendants USA um, because someone reported it and got it taken down, but it's back up. So I have to get wait, back. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Somebody reported a a, a page for yes. black people in the airline industry, and it was taken down. Yes, a white person reported the page, said it was um, bullying and harassment and it was taken shut down by Instagram and uh, the creator created another backup page and let us know what was going on and um, I think after a week or so it was put back up but because we're sharing our stories for some reason how crazy is that we share our stories of us being discriminated against but we're considered the bully how in the heck does that work so that's exactly what happened in a system of white supremacy, telling the truth about racism. They feel that's bullying them or like right now, the cops are talking about how their morale is low and they're quitting and retiring because they don't have free reign to beat up black people anymore without consequence. So it's bringing my morale down. I mean, that that is the thought process of white supremacy. Like I say, it's evil. Like you telling the truth of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, man, we need to correct this. No, they won't say you're bullying me, you know, and, and for Facebook or Instagram, same company mm-hmm. to go along with that. That is, that is completely uh, wrong. I would love to see that page. I mean, I think what they should do is private the page and then that way you could screen who coming in. Um, yes, that's a good idea. Um, I believe on Facebook they've done that because it was a, it was public, but now it's private right now. Um, I have to get you the name of that one as well. But I'm so happy that they're there because I thought it was like a small number. But in sharing our stories, it's just so common and we all just go through it. You know, sometimes people will say to me, oh, you're just overthinking and you're overreacting. It's not that bad. And But listening to these thousands, all of us can't be telling the same lie, basically. So, yes, it's happening, is is there. And... Um, you know, like I said, if you're not really strong mentally, it will break you. But we we have a long way to go. Very long way to go. Even from the pilot's view of it, you, whew, these pilots are some racist pieces of shit. Sorry, but yeah. No, you're good. No, you're free to say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I've also did a couple of, um, we call them CIR which is cabin incident reports Mm -hmm. on a few racist pilots on some trips that I've had. 
and the pilots are still there. No disciplinary action has been done. And um, yeah, so it's like you, you every day there's a fight. So you have to kind of just come to the terms of you're going to continue to fight or just going to leave and just save your, your mental health. One of the two. I know, you know, some people need to work and, you know, they have bills to pay and it's not that easy, but it is going to be a fight. Well, let me ask you a question. Sure. Since all this is going on, I know they have this Facebook page, but we know today that if y'all were to start exposing these companies, who's doing it, who's protecting them and get the grassroots involved with these airlines, corporate usually go respond. You know, because I know how it works in corporate America. Like they'll keep the races all around all day long mm-hmm. until they get some national, you know, exposure, some exposure on social media. So, what, what's what's holding people back from exposing them? That's a good question. I would love to know because every time I get together and speak about this, you know, in um, private, no one wants to say anything. the The main thing that um, some of the flight attendants I speak to will say, "Well, oh, well, they only do that to people they don't like." what the hell you mean they only do that to people that they don't like? Well, I want to fly underneath the radar. You know, I just don't want to cause any waves. And that irks my nerves. It's like, why are you being complacent with what's blatantly just mistreatment and wrong? I'm not understanding that. And there, that um, leads me back to maybe, you know, they don't want to cause any waves because they have bills to pay, but I'm with you, Phil. We, it definitely needs to be exposed. And um, I just can't, get enough people or numbers with me or who wants to stand with me, I I can't do it. I can't. I don't know why they well, won't. Don't like even, the, even that email that you was sent, yeah. like that email alone, it will be like, oh no, you got it. Hey, so, 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 so you discriminate against black people's hair? Oh, see, they wouldn't want that going public. Trust me. They would not want that, you know? Yeah. Um, I would love to see that internal email. Oh, oh I, I would love to see send it. you. I will send you all. Of know, we we can scratch. We can uh, we we can definitely uh, scratch out the names and anything that's that's identifiable. But yeah, because the people need to know that if that particular airline is going to discriminate in that manner, then maybe the black public should know about how how black people are being treated. Now, let me let me ask you another question. Sure. Um, when, when black uh, passengers fly and we've heard a lot of discriminatory stories, especially the first class stories. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, what is it about the airlines? Like, why? Why do you think black people don't belong in first class? Um, well, two stories I can share with you um, to just educate your listeners. Um, when we're on the plane, we have to do a weight and balance. And sometimes we have to move passengers from a particular zone, zone one, two or three to zone one, which is first class. And um, this particular day, I was asked to move three passengers from zone three, which is the back of the aircraft to zone one. So, you know me, I'm going to pick my people and I pick three black people. And the passenger white lady, Karen, went off. Why are these people sitting next to me? Mind you, she was, I don't know if you're familiar with the configuration, but in first class we have on one side of the aircraft, it's just a single row of chairs. Just no one is sitting next to you, Mm -hmm. um, which is row A. And on the other side is row C and D. And there's, you know, a two person passenger seat. So we didn't, I didn't see anyone next to her, but just on the other side. 
And like I said, it was for weight and balance. It was um, from the captain. And so she demanded that to speak with the captain and said that um, these people just cannot afford to be up um, in first class. It was not fair because she had paid for a first class ticket and for them to have a free ride, quote unquote, and welfare. She wasn't having it. Well, well, hold on, yes. hold on. Her free, well, people that's on welfare traditionally can't afford to fly too many planes. This is what she said. So, because they black down welfare, yes. Oh my god, like, yes. I mean, if, if, if that idiot knew statistics, <laughs> more white people are on welfare, absolutely, they get the majority absolutely. of food stamps and all of that, absolutely. Wow, and, and yeah, and so. When I informed the captain, like I said, well, this, you know, I'm I'm not reasoning with you. I'm not arguing with you. So I got the captain who was white. And so he said, well, um, is anyone sitting next to her? I said, no. I said, he said, well, is she being inconvenienced in any way? I said, no. He said, well, just tell her if she's not happy, she can just take another flight. So I went back. I was told her. I said, OK, well, I informed the captain. Um, he said, you're welcome to take another flight. Book you on another flight. We can get that done. And she was like, no, I, I'll just I'll just continue. But I will be writing a letter to United. So is this like you said, people aren't used to seeing black people in first class. I've even had a passenger turn around and ask another black person, are you sure you're sitting in the right seat? Really? Yes. And wow. it's just so you is the way these people think is just. Well, it's not anything new to me, but I guess because they're just more bold with it and just stating it how it is, it's just crazy. Let me tell you another incident, um, another first first class incident. Um, it was this Indian guy. He's a 1K global service passenger, which means he's like the top of the tier. So he asked for coffee. Um, I got him his coffee, but I guess I wasn't timely enough. Do you know this Indian man, darker than me now? came to me, stuck his finger in my face and said, you are the worst flight attendant ever, you effing nigger. Whoa. Yes. He called you that? He did. In front of witnesses, the whole first class section, yes, he did. And what what happened to him? Nothing. I, me and the captain, who happened to be black, went after the plane landed, we went straight to United. Um, You know, United has a headquarters in um, Houston Airport, Bush Intercontinental Airport. So we wrote out um, a statement, everything that happened. So I'm thinking, okay, United's got my back. You know, this is just not right. A month later, where I'm boarding and this same passenger boards and hand me his freaking jacket to hang up in the coat closet. I'm shaking at this time, literally. So I call the other flight attendant. um, She was another black flight attendant. And I say, hey, I need you up in this cabin with me because this man called me a nigger a month ago and I reported it and he's still, I'm thinking he's going to be banned from United, you know, ever flying this company. No, he was there. And she, um, my other flight attendant, you know, she said, what he did? I said, yes. So I didn't interact with him the whole trip or anything. We kind of switched positions because I couldn't do it. I, I just could not serve this man. I could not do it. And I informed the captain um, when we landed, I say, hey, this is his passenger on this flight. I'm just letting you know if anything happens. He called me a nigger in the past, so I am not, you know, serving him. 
and the, the captain was white. So he said, what, what do you mean? He called? I said, yeah. He said, well, did you write a report? Did you tell United? I said, yes. He said, well, what is he doing back on the plane? I said, exactly. So nothing was done. So, so the captain, once the captain found out, then what did the captain do? The captain put him off the plane or he just flew anyway? No, well, the first, the, when he called me the name, um, this was during in-flight. So yeah, 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 I remember that part, but I'm talking about oh. the second one with, oh, the, with second the white one? captain. No, no, he did not. He just said, well, did you report it? What is he doing back on the plane? And I said, well, yeah, I reported. I wrote a statement and everything. And he said, well, United didn't do anything? And I said, no. So he just carried on. It was like shrugged it off. Like, oh, okay. So, well. so it seems like to me the company is being complicit in racial abuse. That's exactly what's happening. I mean, at that point, you're being complicit because you been, it's been reported and you've done nothing. Exactly. Nothing at all. So, nothing. So you're being complicit. His privileges were still there. He's still the 1K Global Service member. You know, I'm, like I said, I just knew he was going to be banned. No. When I saw his face, I mean, I could not believe he was back on it. Yeah. And, and see, you know, th- this is my this is my issue. And this is a lot of issues that we're having. You know, you know, we talk about more now as black Americans. All these other immigrant groups coming into this country off of our backs and our hard work of our ancestors. And then they come over here and, and, and talk to us, you know, and treat us like like they some white folks. Well, at the end of the day, like you said, he probably used, he probably darker than you, and yet he gonna look and call you that. Like if if somebody if somebody white look at him at first glance, they will call him that. Exactly. And all this black and brown coalition, like no, that that doesn't exist. I mean, exists. I know we have some allies with us, but you would be surprised. And I'm bilingual as well. And sometimes when I fly to Mexico, you know, I hear the racial slurs in Spanish. So I is we're fighting a huge battlefield. It's so many people that don't like us and so much that's stacked against us in all aspects. Like I said, aviation, healthcare, just all over. And um, you would think that, like you said, you know, they come over here and, you know, the white people are going to look at you and they're going to say, say the same thing about you. So. What do you mean? You're darker than me. What What are you saying? Um, but I failed to mention this part. Now, I didn't just stand there and cry and, and cower in the corner. No, I I went to battle with this dude. I'm cursing him out. I don't, at this point, I'm fi- I don't care if they fire me. I'm not. You're not going to call me that. I'm not going to say anything. Bump that being professional. And oh, you should have just de-escal- bump that. No, I went head to head with this guy. And um, I didn't receive any um, anything from human resources about what I said, but the fact that he was allowed to remain with United and nothing happened is very complicit. You know, they were complacent. So, well, you yeah. mentioned you, you mentioned your flight to Mexico. What 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 words were they saying about you, or what were they saying about you in Spanish? Uh, usually, they'll say, um, "I I don't know." what this thing is with um, some quote-unquote white Hispanics, but they, they spoke about my skin color. You know, look at her. You know, she's 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 so black. You know, her skin is so dark. Um, she has good manners to be basically the same equivalent of a nigger, but, you know, because of our um, serving skills and my, my um, the way that I speak, Oh, she, she, you know, she speaks very well to be a nigger. You know, she, shit like that. 
And, yeah, and, and, and that's and that's the whiter looking ones, right? Yes, that's the quote unquote white Hispanics. Yes. Okay, because you know, like I've uh, talked to uh, who's it, Brent, Brenda Lazama. She even last time she she came on because she was doing even things with Univision, and she was telling me like over there, you know, the more whiter looking you are, the the more access you have, but the darker you are, the more like dark brown indigenous looking, you know, ones over there, like they treat you like crap. Yeah, like over there in Mexico. So you like you more color, you more the color like the indigenous people. Exactly. You know what they call Indios. Yes. Over there. Yes, and that is so true. You are treated so differently, and it's so apparent. And I don't understand that because, you know, they're supposed to be our brothers and sisters. I don't understand. Like what? How can this be? But I don't know. Um, you hear some comedians even talk about the Dominicans. They say, well, I'm not black. I'm not black. You know, my hair is different. And it's like, dude, you're, we're, you're, you're the same color. You look, what do you mean you're not black? But they are some of the most race. I, you know, I would, I would dare to say you have some Hispanics who are more prejudiced and racist against us than some of the white supremacists. You know, my wife said that my wife told me that Mexicans, she just mentioned Mexicans cause she's, you know, she said Mexicans can be more racist than white people. Yeah, she said that. She said she told me a long time ago, and you know we see what happens in California with that issue going on. Um, you know, definitely in Southern California. Um, you know, I, I think I recently I done a video about something that happened on vacation. Uh, I think it was in Cancun, and the cartel you know jumped out all jet skis and, and went shooting like the workers, but they they weren't targeting the, the sister at all. But they she got caught up in the crossfire. And so in my video, I was saying that, look, why y'all want to go to Mexico for dealing with some racism? You know, go to Africa, go to the Caribbean, go, you know what I'm saying? Go somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I had a few, you know, expats made videos backing me. Oh, I'm in Mexico and I'm not treated like that. I'm like, man, BS, bro. And then you telling me they calling you a nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what they call you? Mayate or whatever, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And I watched it. I watched that video that you're speaking of. I did see that. Um, uh-huh. who got shot and yeah um and i agree with you why are we not going to africa like what it just seems like we black people well let me not say that i just don't know why we don't want to just visit our motherland as opposed to going to the other place it's no it's nothing wrong with visiting these other places but i think our first our first um how should i say this um, I think we should definitely be more fo- focused on visiting Africa as opposed to other countries. Um, just to, just to see how, you know, where we come from, how we are and how, if, like you said, we need to just leave and just breathe for a minute without dealing with the day-to-day crap that we have to deal with here in America, in Europe, you know, that's all, that's what I think. Um, I do watch some of the expat videos about Mexico and, like I said, I'm over there a lot. I'm over there every each and every month, four and five times out of the month. Um, it's a beautiful place, but the racism is rampant. And like I said, those Hispanics can be just as or even more so racist than the white supremacists. Yeah, like I said, I've heard that. And like I said, I ain't lost nothing in Mexico. I've been in Mexico uh, once. 
Um, I think it was born so a border town back in the day. I think Matamoros was a border town outside of Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the you know the cartel stuff really get, got jumped off, you know, pretty bad right after those two years, I say I'm good. I say at least in at least in, in Houston or we're in a different place in America, I know where I can and cannot go. You know what to deal with those problems, right? Um, but you know, like I said, for me. It's Africa, you know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't care nothing about no nothing else. I don't know. Is 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 all those countries, you know? And I know they. I think um, United was saying they have a flight now from DC to to Accra now, um, going about three times a week. I don't know if you heard about that f- particular flight. No, I haven't. Yeah, look look it up. They they have a flight going from uh, the DC airport. I don't know if it's Dulles to Accra. They just they announced that on their um, their Twitter recently oh wow okay no i didn't know yeah so maybe you can get on some of those those flights if, if possible you know and, and go to uh to ghana so yeah they, they got that that going on um well so, definitely um, not to interrupt you now we have a lot of well not a lot but we have um some african pilots um from kenya from ghana um I can't remember the other parts of Africa that they're from, but they too talk about the uh, racism that they experience from the white pilots, especially if they're a captain, a black um, African captain, and the FO, which is the first officer, is white. They do not like taking direction. Um, they mouth off, and it's a it's it's a shit show in that flight deck. If these passengers knew what really go on on these flights. And the mentality of, of these captains, and a lot of them have been um, charged and accused of sexual abuse, and so much that goes on, people would be would think twice about taking uh, certain flights. Well, we know that you know racism is rampant in every institution of America. That's why we, when we say systemic racism, mm-hmm. it's systemic. It's in every institution, no matter what it is. Because I, I said this: if long as those people in charge, it's going to be racism. If that is their that is their culture. That's their culture. If you've been doing something for hundreds of years, that's your culture by now, right? You know, it's not an individual at that point. But Phil, have you ever spoken to um, black people and ever mentioned to him to them in a conversation and say, "Well, you know, you know, um, emergency room racism." Yeah, and, medical racism. Yes. Yeah, or just even in in the medical field. Because I was speaking with my best friend, and I said, um, "You know, it's so hard for me to find a black dentist. You know where I am, um, because." You know, I just don't want to go to a white person because I'm sick of the racism and, you know, they think we don't feel pain. And she was like, you know, I never really thought about that. I didn't think they were racist doctors. How could you not think, like you said, it's systemic. They've been doing this for so many years. And there are a lot of black people who don't I don't know if they just don't think about it or if you mention it to them in a conversation, they'll say, well, I never thought about that. And I just don't see how is that possible. Because it's in every aspect of in every field. You, you, well, some people, some people in our community are, are are just lost. And like I said, listen, the doctors that that you know we have here, like I said, my dentist is black. You know, Doctor Chandra Baptiste. Shout out to her. Um, you know, Doctor Chandra's good. You know, but I know they got plenty of black dentists in Atlanta. I mean, you know, when you're into some of these cities, maybe you can go to them. You know, and see. Oh, is see, this in Houston? Yeah, in Houston, yes. Okay. Yeah, in Houston, yeah. Doctor, her, I think it's Elite Dental Wellness. I think it's the name of her practice. 
uh, Dr. Sandra Baptiste. Yep, that's her. Oh, great. Thanks for that. Yeah, no no problem. Yeah, because, I mean, we got black therapists here. If you need a therapist, medical doctors, I mean, dermatologists. I mean, the cities like Houston, Atlanta, definitely places like that, probably D.C., you're going to find a lot of your, you know, black professionals. Cause I'm like you, I don't really want to fool them folks like that because of what I know about medical racism, mm -hmm. what I've been told by nurse practitioners, other doctors that are black nurses that are black. Like I don't trust them folks like that. And like you said, them Indians, you know, they, with they racism, you know, you got Absolutely. the Asians with they racism too, you know? So it is, I always look at it like everybody's against us, period. You know, Absolutely. everybody's against us. Um, so with that mindset, I don't I just don't I try to just minimize my, you know, interaction with, with you know, certain individuals. I'm not saying everybody's hateful, you know, yeah. like that guy, Justin, you talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, hey, OK, Justin, one of the cool ones. But I'm like this. The minority of y'all, you know, is not the majority. So right. I got to keep my guard up at all times due to the majority. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, and let me do this. Um, I forgot the disclaimer in case someone wants to know. And they say, oh, well, she just said Mexico. She didn't state where. I've been to Leon, Guadalajara, Querétaro, um, Estapa, Oaxaca, uh, Mexico City. So it's not just the Cancuns or, you know, the spring breaks that I'm referring to. I've been all over Mexico, wherever I've experienced, you know, the darker the skin and the his, um, the racism. So just want to throw that in there. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, just to give you just to give you some some clarity, she's not even my skin color. So there you go. She, <laughs> she's more of a medium brown sister. Right. And they still oh. call her. They're still saying she's too dark. And they're still calling her, you know, Mayate and all that they call her. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I'm saying. That's mm -hmm. why I don't have no desire. Listen, I, I know these white supremacists in America. I'm not about to go to another place and deal with white supremacists. I don't care if they got brown skin or whatever. I'm going to go with my people at. I'm happy. I didn't hear no N-word. Most of them don't even know what that word is. Can't relate to that word. You know, uh, you know, maybe you go someplace in Nigeria or whatever because they're trying to copy black American culture. But uh, and I've heard people say that a few of them walk up to you and say, hey, you know, what's going on, my nigga like that? And I'm like, like you got to educate. Like, no, 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 brother. They think it is a term of endearment, not the, <laughs> you know, the young right. ones. They're like, no, nah, brother, let me explain <laughs> to you why that's not a term of endearment at all. You know, but they see it on hear the music, you know, because because Africa is highly influenced um, for what black America do. I, I'm, I was I'm being told that all the time. Like, y'all are the ones that we're kind of looking at and following. You know, which I was like, well, don't follow America, you know, like f keep your culture. You know what I'm saying? But um, one thing they talked about as well in that article, maybe you can uh, talk about this. They were saying that in order to move up in the company, a lot of these flight attendants be, be sleeping around with the captains. <laughs> oh, it must be true. You start laughing. Hey, it's true. It's true. It's definitely true. Um, yes. <laughs> So, so now let me ask you a question. The ones that like to sleep around uh, most of the time, is, is, is that the, the Beckys? It is. And it's funny that you mentioned that because right now um, I'm in a Facebook group and it's a group of 10 flight attendants who, you know, the ones who like to sleep around. And um, actually, she they've all claimed to be, um, 
I don't know what they did in Mexico, but it, they had a night out and now they're claiming um, they were sexually assaulted and they reported it to HR and um, mysteriously they all got fired, but the captain is still there. So, Oh, they all got fired. Yes. Oh, so, so, so this particular company is not only covering racism, but now they're covering sexual assault. Yes. I need, I'm going to send you all of those screenshots of everything that's going on in this group. Actually, I would love to just add you to that group so you can see. If you add me to that group, they're going to get suspicious. Don't add me. Don't get suspicious. No, you you do better. You do better just just giving me information. No, no. I'm a black man. They're going to really get suspicious. Who that Negro is coming (laughs) in here? You know, they're going to start researching me, find out who I am. So, no, don't do that. Okay. No, but yeah, there. Um, this is this pilot who's there, and um, ten. Um, it started with two accusations. Now there is up to ten, and every other day they post. Um, and he's still there. I just checked my schedule. He has a flight tomorrow, actually, and this happened back in 2017, and he's still there. So, so why why they didn't go why they didn't go to the Me Too movement? Because exactly. if you if you're the black pilot, they'd be Me Tooing all day long, no, calling Toronto Burke and all that. Thank you. He would have been gone. That black pilot would have been gone quick, and probably and, got criminally charged too. It, yes, and actually, there've been there's been since I've been there three pilots who um, they had domestic violence on two flight attendants, and this is the first one I've well. The first one where people have come out, there's about five different captains there who are known to be predators and they're still there. And from what I've been told is the theory is, is that flight attendants are disposable. They're like Skittles, but we invest too much money in these pilots. So we're, we're not getting rid of them. And I have the email from the CEO who said this and said that uh, we, the flight attendants are minions um, they're replaceable. They're Skittles. So, yeah, I can send you all of that. Oh, please do, because I would love to blast that. Yes, I have that. Oh, I love, and that CEO still in the, in the position? Yes, he is. Okay, good. Yeah, yes, I, yeah. I, I want I want that hair discrimination email, yes. and I want I want that email to, to basically say that y'all, is who cares what happens to you guys, no matter what it is, we can't replace a pilot. That's, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, please send us that. I sure will. Yeah, we were redact, you know, you know, names and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so anything that we need to know, cleanliness wise, before we get on the airplane, like, look, y'all, you know, do this or don't do that. You know, I mean, is it before we wrap up? I'm glad any, any you tip? asked that. Um, we have when we read our announcements, we have to say that United uses an electrostatic sprayer to spray the airplane? No, we don't. It's not sprayed with an electrostatic sprayer. It's not being sanitized. Um, So bring your own sandy wipes. Uh, It's half done. Uh, Even with COVID and everything that's going on and all these precautionary measures that they're supposedly taking, it's not being done. I'm there every day. And especially when we do a quick turn, uh, there's not enough. We don't have enough crew right now. We don't have enough staff staff members to clean the plane adequately. Adequately, so bring your own sandy wipes. Um, try not to wear open toed shoes. Um, definitely bring a jacket. We're not giving out blankets due to COVID, so bring your own. 
But definitely, I would have to say that when we read our announcements and we say that we're doing these extra, you know, cleaning measures, United is not doing it. They're not. Why did you say don't wear open toe shoes? Why is that? There's a lot of nasty people that travel and there's a lot of germs. Um, sometimes we have nervous passengers as well that um, have accidents or vomit. And it's not, um, we're supposed to, whenever that happens, like urine or vomit, um, by any type of bodily fluid, we're supposed to call in hazmat and they're supposed to clean. That's not done. We, as of two weeks ago, um, when we had a passenger who urinated in our back galley on the floor and it just went everywhere in the carpets on the inside of the cabin, we uh, told the captain that we needed uh, a hazmat. And we were told, oh, well, we don't have hazmat anymore. So stop calling us. So oh, wow. Know, yeah. You don't know what's in that carpet, you know, what your skin can be exposed to. So I always just like to have my my arms and my feet, you know, my legs covered. I don't want my skin coming into contact because there's so many thousands of people that, you know, could have anything. So that's just one of my biggest uh, pet peeves that I do. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. So ladies and gentlemen, make sure to bring your sanitizing wipes and uh, don't wear, uh, I guess you're wearing, uh, I guess maybe some slides would put socks on. Yes, I guess. definitely wear socks over them. If you you know don't want to wear like uh, gym shoes, tennis shoes, just wear socks over your feet. Okay. Don't drink the coffee. Bring your Starbucks or anything. Do not drink the potable water from the plane. Don't drink the coffee. Okay. So why you say don't drink the coffee? First of all, the coffee pots aren't cleaned. Okay. They're not cleaned. Um, the area, some of the flight attendants, some are more cleanly than the than others. So when I'm there, I wipe down. Uh, it's not like a faucet, but what the water comes out of, you know, you, you have to clean that. And that's not cleaned. So whatever is gunked up and, you know, like a shower head, if you don't clean your shower heads, right. it builds up. Yes, that's never cleaned. And there's no telling what's in that. So, no, I, I would not. Even with the bags um, that you place the coffee in, they're touching that with their bare, bare hands. They're not using gloves. So that's just like contamination on another level to me. So, no, I would not <laughs> advise anyone to drink plain coffee. Okay. So if you're going to drink coffee, get it at the Starbucks before you mm -hmm. get on the flight. Uh, so you can get that. So what do you say? I mean, do you suggest that we do make sure it's bottled water or something in a can? That was yes. your basic suggestion? Definitely. Okay. All right. Awesome. And what, and what about, um, you know, the mask incidents? Like, um, you know, I know it's probably still what you got to have a mask on the flight now still. Yes. It's still a mask mandate in place. Um, Right now, uh, I just received an email from our union because assaults are up 300% since the um, putting the mass mandate in. And uh, right now, we have a zero tolerance policy because flight attendants are being assaulted every day due to these Mzungus refusing to wear a mask. 99.9% .9 is them all the time. 
And now we, um, they've added at least, they call them LEOs, which is law enforcement officers. We have at least five undercover LEOs on our flights, especially going to DC because there's been so many fights and so many disruptions in the air over this mask mandate that people are refusing to adhere to. Oh, that sounds about right. They they don't never want to follow the rules, but they'll tell you to follow the rules, though. Right. You know, that's it's always amazing with them. Um, and I've seen many, many uh, stories like they fighting. Like you say, it's true. Fighting flight attendants. Like you said, just uh, have anyone almost assaulted you or have you been assaulted? No. Um, dirty looks. Yes. But um, the only um, the verbal assault was the nigger incident. But as far as the mask mandate it's mainly just dirty looks or a little banter back and forth. And I'll say, OK, well, you're welcome to get off the flight, you know, get off the plane and then they'll go ahead and adhere. But. I personally have not been physically assaulted. No, knock on wood. <laughs> well, that's good. We we don't we don't want you you know assaulted at all. Um, but you know you really definitely opened up our eyes to a lot of things in the uh, industry. And like I said, when you get a chance, please you know give me those emails because I want to go at United uh, you know about this uh, about their racism. And, um, you know, get, let's get the grassroots involved and shoot. If, if, you know, like I said, if you're going to treat the black people like that. Maybe black people don't need to fly your airline. It's just that simple. You don't need to Absolutely. fly. Because um, once you say, well, look, if my people can't can't have the hair or you, you don't care about my people like that, or even you saying it's OK to, to sexually assault women, that that's not cool. You know, Absolutely. just to keep a pilot. No, 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 no. That's that's against the law. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So um, definitely, sister, we thank you very, very much for coming on uh, today. I, I really enjoyed the conversation and, and also the education um, about um, not only the industry, but, you know, how, you know, black people are treated in the industry. Um, basically, it's, it's what I, I always thought. Um, it's just another plantation, just just on the, just in the air. Yes. Um, and, and it makes me think a whole lot different. That's why I hate. Ethiopian Airlines don't don't do domestic flights. So that's all I would fly because I love Ethiopian <laughs> Airlines. I love it. First time I ever flew them, I said, all black flight attendants, black pilots. It was the most wonderful experience I ever had flying United. I mean, I'm sorry, flying Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Oh, I loved it. Like I said, if you ever get a chance to go fly with them, you may want to go work with them. I would love to. They, do have, they actually have an American headquarters here because I think I interviewed the... Uh, the, the the man that was over it here, because uh, they got they got one. I don't know if it's in Virginia, wherever it's at. It, it's it's on the East Coast, I think. Uh, the hub here, and then of course the main one is in Ethiopia. But uh, yeah, I I, I loved Ethiopian Airlines. I loved it. Customer service was awesome. Like I said, I, I, it was the best. So if you ever have a chance to fly, you know, or at least you know with them, or just check it check them out. You know, go go check them out. Oh, definitely. I definitely would do that. Um, and a quick question. Now, you mentioned an article. I think you said you were reading on another flight attendant. What was she saying? I'm curious. To what was her story about? Oh, it, she, she she put in the Daily Mail, like some things I asked you about the sleeping around. She oh. talked about the champagne and all the things they dumped down the toilet. Um, you know, she was talking about the, the, the how things aren't clean, you know, uh. Uh, like you said. Um I think I mentioned the sleeping around. So I'll just, just more so just kind of referring to what she said and just asking you just okay. to verify what she's saying is true. And basically everything she basically said, you know, okay. Uh, yeah. It verified that, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. So, so I, so I, I, so like I said, just you know, please give me that information when you can. Definitely. And um, you know, you you definitely enjoy the rest of your day, and and um, you know, sometimes you got to cut, you got to cut them them ugly looks at them folks sometimes too, because you know them looks that that especially sisters will give you sometimes, like you better not try it. Kind of look, <laughs> you know, white girls can't do that, but y'all can. You know, like oh, I ain't gonna do nothing. You know, sometimes yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to cut them. Look at them, them little white kids. Sometimes too, because them little Ooh, white kids come on their plane Jesus. acting like, oh my god! I seen. I remember one time I seen this little white woman, single mother, um, had a little boy, and that boy was just all over the place, and all he was acting up, he was getting on my nerves. I'm like, man, she needs to handle him, bro. She needs to handle him. So, so I know you're pretty sure you deal with that all the time. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that. If You know, like I said, for us to have such a bad rap about parenting and, and everything else and being violent, if I just would love to do it before and after, like before a flight, just take a picture of the plane. And then afterwards, they, they are the worst as far as trashing the planes. I don't get it. I mean, it's just horrible, Phil. Like I said, a lot, if you just trash all over the floors, we come up and down the aisle asking you to discard the trash. It's not put in the seat back pockets. And they just literally food smash into the carpet on the seats, gum on the seat belts. And you would think like these people are just, you know, the way they portray themselves, like they're so behaved and civilized. No, no, they're not. Those, they are some of the worst passengers dealing and dealing with so yeah mm, mm, but, mm. well you know uh, you know i think on my entertainment channel they had i, I covered one what is this uh female said that she only took a bath once every six days i saw that uh, yeah okay you saw that you know i got another one i'm about to do where this dude you know wasn't washing his feet in the shower so they they're afraid of bath so when it comes <laughs> to cleanliness you know they're only referring back to the the neanderthal days you know you gotta remember we taught them how to bathe and we just talk about history. We we taught them how to bathe. So, um, you know. So, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Know, you thank, thank you very much, and um, for joining us. And you know, you stay blessed. You know, and, was, and and make sure make sure you like I said don't let them folks treat you any kind of way now. Yeah, I get up out of there before it comes to that, or I'll be thrown out one or two. <laughs> But I'll definitely get you um, that information. Um, I'm going to send it over to your um, Instagram. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, we, 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 thank I'm going to jump right on it as soon as, soon, as soon as you get it to me and I go through it. Oh, yes, ma'am. I want to blast them. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.